0: Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, December the 25th in 2023, on when I rise. Merry Christmas, everyone. Today we're going to be in year B, and since it's Christmas Day, we call it the Nativity of the Lord. And on the Monday of the week, we would like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection and to spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. You have made great the nation and heightened its joy. They rejoice before you as the joy in the harvest... As people exalt when they share out the spoils. For its burdensome yoke, the rod of it on its shoulders, the club of its oppressor you smashed as on the day of Midian. Every boot pounded loudly and every cloak soaked in blood is consigned to burning, consumed by fire. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us. And leadership is on his shoulders, and his name is called Wondrous Conciliar, divine warrior, eternal father, prince of peace, making leadership abound in peace without end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to make it firm founded and stay it up in justice and righteousness forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of armies shall do this. This is the word of God for us. All right, you might have been wondering about the uh, translation this morning. So there's a great source out there called the Hebrew Bible, a translation with commentary by uh, Robert Alter. He's one of the best Hebrew scholars out there. And once upon a time, I paid like $72 for the Kindle version of this massive, massive book. And so I thought I need to start making use of this by reading from it more. And so for a while. Whenever I have an Old Testament passage on the podcast, I'm going to read from Robert Alter's commentary and translation. So um, you might have your own version open. You're going to find that it's mostly the same. But what's good about Alter is that he'll begin to tease out some of the um, different euphemisms and the different way in which the Hebrew language operates. Because there's just so many subtleties. And no doubt, many English translations pick up on these as well. But I thought we would give some texture to the text, particularly some of these well-known ones. I mean, there's a good chance if you went to a Christmas Eve service yesterday or at midnight service last night, you probably heard Isaiah 9. because It's something that we come to again and again during the Christmas season, either in Advent or during the Christmas season, because it seems to foreshadow the arrival of Jesus. Now, it's just worth noting that you have to have a Trinitarian theology in order to see Jesus in Isaiah 9, because we do confess that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is God the Son. So it is kind of odd if we don't have a Trinitarian theology to get to verse 5, when all these different names of Jesus are given, he's divine warrior, and then he's eternal father. I mean, that's just, we can't have father and son in the same person, even though in mystery, we believe the Trinity is one god and three persons we do have a distinct person of the trinity in jesus and so uh, there's no uh, wonder then that in scholarly guilds there's quite the conversation around this text like what did it mean to the first audience Uh, those who were hearing this perhaps for the first time in 8 bc um, as uh, the northern tribes were surrounded by the assyrian army and it seemed imminent that they were going to be overrun by that powerful empire when Isaiah said these words um, because they may have had something else in mind now some of those who have a hard time seeing Jesus and Isaiah 9 they see this as somewhat of a shape of a future Messiah figure and we do know that from about 200 BC to 280 there is a vibrant movement to try to figure out if God's Messiah was going to come Um, once again, God's people Israel were in a mess and they needed an answer. And looking back to the place like the book of Judges, they saw that whenever they were in a mess and they would raise their prayers and their voices, God would give them a deliverer. And so anytime they were in such a quagmire, they raised their voices and they anticipated that God would provide for them. And so we can see this plea for A response and then god promising a person to come in among the people of israel who would be sufficient to help them in their time of need we notice like some of the themes that happen in this text right like this is not just a person who's going to preach sermons but this person is going to enact some sort of a way of doing communal life and i just want to draw our attention back to verses uh, verse 6 which says, in justice and in righteousness forevermore, this person is going to create a firm community. Um, another translation says, the government will be upon his shoulders. And so I think what I like about this text and what it, how it meets me on Christmas day morning is that this experience that I've had with Jesus is not just Jesus in my heart, in private, giving me goosebumps from time to time and knowing that I got a friend who hears my prayers um, as I give my request to God. But the full version of the kingdom is that Jesus is the king. He's on a throne, and kings on thrones, I mean, you can't actually call them a king unless they have a territory, they have a kingdom, right? And so what we know in a mystery is that even though Jesus may not be seen by us, he is dynamically present. And since he's dynamically present, we can witness the outworking of his kingdom and this kingdom's different even in this nation that we admire and love like the united states of america we're on recording at the moment like we we love our country and we are so thankful for the benefits of being americans but we also have some warts along with the wonder of this uh, nation of ours right i hope that we can affirm that without dunking on where we live but we, we know that we've got some upgrades to do if life could even get better than this and so what we long for as the people of god is not for a ultimate like a candidate who can like upgrade our life in America a little bit better but what we long for is the king that God has installed uh, for that kingdom to expand not just in our hearts but also in our neighborhoods and our communities so that uh, lives to be set free and changed because um, people need to be set free I need to be set free you need to be set free we got people in our lives who are bound up and the only one who can unbind us is the one whose death couldn't even hold. And before he had to overcome that trial, Of overcoming death he was born among us he was born to a family within within harsh circumstances but those harsh circumstances did not get the last word but his love gets the last word and so as we start this christmas season ahead after we put advent behind us now we think about the love of this kingdom spreading from person to person and place to place until all has been made well so those things in mind let's spend some time praying to our god this morning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the promise of Jesus. We thank you that it was whispered, it was hinted at in ages past, but it came into great fulfillment on Christmas morning, and we thank you that Jesus' arrival had also brought this kingdom that began to spread from person to person and place to place. We thank you that you saw fit along the way to scoop us into this kingdom, to invite us into the depth of its life. God, we confess to you at times that we fall short of it. We live among other kingdoms. We we prop up other things that rival the kingdom of Jesus, and so we repent. We change our minds. And we ask that you give us the courage to trust the kingdom, to trust salvation, to trust uh, the outworking of your plan as we continue to long for the day in which it comes into full fulfillment. God, we just pray for the nations of the world, and we pray. And at every place, there would be humble hearts that would uh, hear the calling of God, the prompting of God, and would be on mission with you, God. And as uh, we all respond to that call to be on mission, that we would see lives get put back together, people who sit in darkness or in worry and anxiety and fear, uh, that there, a light would shine upon their lives and that we would see transformation and change because we just confess Jesus, you change everything. So we pray that you change us and you change the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.